guys, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Popsicle. My name's Carissa, and as you know, I like talking to you about good tunes, good reads, and good food, because honestly, what else is there to life? But today, I thought I'd change things up a bit, and I'm bringing on my friend, Sydney Chitani, and we are going to talk about mental health. So, Sydney, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, as Chris has said, my name's Sydney. I work at Spinnaker Radio. I'm the program director, and I am also majoring in social work with plans to get my master's and become a therapist. So proud of you for that. That's just (laughs) so admirable. I remember like the first time I met you and like, you know, when you're new in college, the main question everybody asks is, oh, so, you know, What's your major? (laughs) (laughs) And I heard, you know, you wanted to, you were doing social work. And I just thought that was so cool because that was something I considered doing. But I am way too visibly emotional to (laughs) take on a career in that path. So I give you so much credit for that. And I'm just so thankful for people like you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, Sydney. And yeah, so I get, you know, May's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I just thought it would be really important to talk about that a little bit for those that are listening, just to kind of, you know, normalize talking about mental health, because I feel like people talk about physical health enough, but they forget that you got to keep got to keep your insides, your, you know, your brain healthy, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a big part of that is you can't physically see mental illness, you can't go to a doctor and point at a broken bone and say, this is what's wrong, you know? So I think that's a big part of where the stigma comes from. Exactly, exactly. Just out of curiosity, when was the first time in school that, like, they took the time to teach you about, like, mental health and stuff like that? Honestly, I don't think we ever learned about it. I mean, you know, in high school, I think every year – uh, in homeroom, we would have to watch those videos, but that was more so on things like date rape and how to keep yourself safe and just those kind of outdated PSAs. Right, right. But even then, that was the most information I really received on mental health. And even then, it wasn't anything that it would be relevant to today's standards of what we now know about mental health. You know, it was more so discussing external factors rather than the issue of mental health itself. So honestly, I didn't really receive any education in school about it. Wow, that's crazy. I think my freshman year of high school, I don't know, were you required to take HOPE, like the health opportunities through physical education, like that kind of PE sort of class? I was, and I did it online. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did that in person. And I think like during because there were like outdoor units where like you'd play like basketball or volleyball but then we had indoor units and I mean we talked about like oh the importance like you said like all like the physical things Mm -hmm. you know nutrition don't do drugs and briefly briefly touched on mental health a little bit but not nearly as much as we probably should have and like even now that I'm thinking about it like I hate to bring this up but you know like sadly things happen like people do things that are sad and you know people die and things like that and like even when like traumatic events happen in the student body 
the school still doesn't take the time to properly talk about it. I don't know. I just felt like there was never enough action. Yeah, I mean, when things like that happen, you know, there were a decent handful of things of students who unfortunately passed away or took their own lives. And even with something as heavy as that, there was no, you know, I guess, assembly about it or anything. I mean, the closest thing really I got was taking AP psych. And, oh my gosh. And, you know, it's like, that's technical learning. It's not applicable. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we both were, I mean, we're the same graduating class and everything. So you were there. What did, did your school hold any assembly or anything when the MSD shooting happened? Unfortunately, not so much as an assembly as it was so many new restrictions were put into place. So okay. rather than taking the approach of focusing on mental health and emphasizing the importance of if you're having XYZ thoughts, it's important for you to get help. It was, while that was there... What was really heavily emphasized was, okay, this is what happens if there's an active shooter. Right. Hide fight, I think, was their, like, step-by-step thing. (laughs) I hate to laugh. I hate to laugh, but... Thinking about it, it's so sad that we even need that. But that's another topic of conversation. Yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother issue. Again, my high school was primarily focused on safety in the event that happens rather than prevention right right yeah I mean I just remember we I had I was on an open campus so like students like our schedules were kind of they were almost like college schedules where like nobody necessarily had the same thing it wasn't like everybody started at 7 30 and ended at 3 30 there were like yeah there were like a bunch of like you either started at 7.30 or 8.30, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and then you either ended at 3.30, 4.30, or not 3.30, you know, yeah. around then, sometime in yeah. the afternoon. But people could come and go on their breaks as they please. So I just remember, like, we had, after that, like, a an extra cop on campus or something like that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, and then, yeah. When all that happened, my high school was super similar, open campus, um, Mostly everyone did start seven thirty and at two fifty three. Okay. Um or not two fifty, one fifty. Um Okay. But that was oh man. So Parkland happened, I wanna say my junior was, year of high school. Yeah, junior year. And senior year, I was only there for half a semester. I graduated early. Oh, but, look at you go, girl. Thank you. Um <laughs> but after I graduated and Eventually, the rest of my senior class graduated. First time I came back to Tallahassee after moving to college, I drove by my high school and they had put up a gate around the entire school. Oh, my goodness. So prior to, you know, you could kind of enter and leave wherever. Now there's one entrance. One exit. That's crazy. So definitely. I will. Prevention. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know what I mean you know I know what you mean a lot (laughs) I will say this I don't exactly remember when the position was open I only remember 
her being there my senior year, but they eventually did have a school social worker Mm -hmm. that students could go to if they needed to talk about, like, things like that. I think that was one of the most, like, every school should not only have one, but, like, they should have a proportionate number of social workers to, like, student body ratio. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that number is, but I feel like that job shouldn't just be placed on one person. No, I agree wholeheartedly. In my high school, obviously, it sounds like your high school did more. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, proud of them for trying. Um, in my high school, for our, I want us, our graduating class was huge. I want to say 500 people. Oh, Maybe my goodness. Um, wow. Large graduating class. And out of our graduating class, we had five guidance counselors. Okay. So they did it alphabetically. So right. I want to say my guidance counselor, she handled students with the last names C through like F or something. Okay. Even then, that's still a ton of people. Yeah. And especially, you know, in senior season when Oof. kids are applying to colleges and what what's bright futures? How do I get bright futures? Mm-hmm. Emphasis on things like that. And I'm not saying that's not important, but at the same time, say if you have students who are going through intense mental health struggles, that guidance counselor, as much as they want to help, they have 99 other students to worry about. Exactly. So it's hard. And that's why I agree with you. I think, I don't know how logistically that would work in terms of payment and placement and X, Y, Z, but I really do agree with you that there needs to be more support within schools using the help of more guidance counselors, social workers, what have you. Right. I'm trying to think like, so again, it wasn't until senior year. I'm pretty sure it wasn't until senior year that the position even opened, which I'm really thankful it did because she wasn't like guidance counselor for like academics. It was like, she was clearly there just for like mm-hmm. mental health, like working on like that kind of thing, which was amazing. But if we're being honest, like, I feel like, well, honest, take that back completely honest. It should be implemented in elementary schools, but maybe if we have to like push it back as late as possible middle school for sure like yeah that should be when one of the main talks I don't know like in the curriculum kind of a thing or just the word out there yeah I agree I mean it can't I don't really believe it can hurt to have those resources in place from a young age you know exactly you know and I mean you think about obviously I am not a parent however I will say just based off of my experiences as a kid being raised by my parents and those of my friends when you're young you learn basic concepts at an early age you know of course yeah don't touch other people's belongings if someone doesn't want to hug you don't hug them and all those things are super important to learn from an early age but I also think it needs there needs to be emphasis on mental health, you know, and yeah, making sure that, you know, if you have a kid who's clearly upset about something, and obviously kids are dramatic, they have temper tantrums. <laughs> I'm not comparing the two necessarily, but 
you want to make sure that regardless of whatever the specific situation may be, that that kid knows that they can talk to someone, they can get help. And I know that sounds dramatic saying, oh, what does the eight-year-old need help with? Oh, that's not dramatic at all. There are plenty of different just like circumstances that could be happening at home where an eight-year-old most definitely needs someone to talk to. You don't need, yeah, you don't need to sit down with an eight-year-old and ask, are you depressed? Are you having these dark thoughts? It doesn't necessarily have to be like that, but there's a way to get the point across that's still appropriate for a child. Exactly. I volunteered at an elementary school with kindergarten kindergarten and first grade students and it was like it was mainly for reading but since I was in the classroom they're like hey we're just gonna like teach you kind of what we do like how we handle kids in certain situations and uh, it blew my mind just like the steps they were taking I thought it was so great like how they were teaching like you said these basic concepts in a very easy way that I'm not even gonna lie to you I remind myself of some of them to this day or like I'll tell my friends in their like you know 19 20 years old like hey this sounds stupid but it really helps like I'll never forget one thing that we did with the kindergartner students was okay guys we're gonna choose to be a star and they use star as an acronym for stop take a deep breath and relax so it was just like a really good I don't know like that's a great way to explain it to little kids that sometimes you just need to pause take that breath and relax for a second. And I think as adults, we need to be reminded of that too. Yeah. I mean, I think the importance of allowing yourself to step away from a situation cannot be understated, especially because now we live in such a goal oriented society. Yes. So it's not so much about, and I honestly, frankly, I don't know if it ever really has been. It's not about the health of the worker. It's about what the product is. Mm -hmm. What are you creating? What are you making out of this? And obviously in a workplace environment, that's important. You need to keep a business running. You need to keep whatever it is that you're working in running. But there needs to be an emphasis on workers too. We put so hard. Sometimes you just need to step back, take a break. Be like, listen, I need a day off. You know, mental health days, too, I think, are, cannot be understated enough of their importance. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And what, oh, this is just, like, another thing that stinks. Like, I wish I could tell this to, like, my high school self. So, like, if you're a high schooler and you're listening, please just know that, like, if you feel like you're about to explode, like, whether it be because of grades or whatever, and if you're in the home environment that allows it or and like if you're good with your teachers to allow it like if you need to take a day off because you feel mentally just like mentally like I'm gonna just say sick like you're not feeling well you know it feels like you have like a mental congestion like you take the day off recharge and not just like you know watch TikToks all day but like actually take the time to sleep you know take care of yourself write things down write out your schedule for the rest of the week catch up on something if you need to and you'll feel so much better going to school because like I remember there were days in high school where I would miss school because I was like I guess I got so stressed to the point I was throwing up like I physically wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling well and it's like 
you don't want to let yourself get to that. You don't want to let your mental health affect your physical health that much because it sucks. Like, get on it while you can. That's all. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. While we're on the topic of high schoolers, I will say college is better. Yes. Oh, my goodness. My health, my physical health improved so much once I went to college. Like, speaking, like, just of that, like, I struggled, like, through high school with, like, eating and my weight and, like, things like that. Like, it's – and, like, those who have, like, dealt with, like, eating disorders and stuff before, like, you know, like, it's – it's really hard to like get through that and I'm proud to say as of this week May like I finally reached a healthy weight like that I've been trying to since high school so like it it does get better things do change high school isn't forever and like Mm -hmm. there's still challenges believe me but like being able to handle it completely differently is so great and also get the help you need to just get the help you need to because if I didn't tell like I had this one teacher who I talked to if I didn't tell her like hey I think this is actually a problem like that thing I mentioned to you a few months ago Mm -hmm. and she didn't like send me to the school social worker like it could have been a lot worse I could have been like continuing to just like decline in my physical health and Mm -hmm. so like not to be like one of those cliche stories but just I just want to encourage everybody possible to be able to tell someone if they feel like something may not be right. Well, and I think you brought up an interesting point. It's not cliche if it works. Ooh, okay. That's true. You know, I mean, tell them. <laughs> sound is cheesy or, you know, after school special. But at the end of the day, getting help cannot be understated. And I'm proud of you that you took those steps to get help. It's vitally important in order to you know like yeah you can't get better until you kind of just take a breather and you think okay there's this thing that's happening I recognize that it's happening it's up to me to figure out what next steps there are for me to take exactly and I can go one of two ways and you know, I highly encourage you want to you want to get help, whether that's talking to someone in authority if you trust them or mm-hmm. a friend, just anything in the moment that allows you to not bottle that up inside. Mm-hmm. It's so important that you have like somebody that you trust that you can talk to, like a good support system. And like while you're talking about, you know, recognizing and telling someone I feel like it's important that kids also know, like, if, like, if you feel like one of your friends isn't doing well, like, being more comfortable with bringing up these conversations, bringing up mental health, like, at, checking up on your friends and stuff like that. So, Sydney, what would you say are some good ways, good ways to bring up those conversations to people you care about? So, I think, first of all, you want to make sure that that person is in a good place to talk. Or discuss because I I think this goes understated where yes it is so so important to get help but you have to also consider if you have a friend and you know it's not necessarily a person of authority or a parent it's just someone around your age they might be going through something too mm-hmm. and 
you know, I've been guilty of this. I'm sure you've been guilty of this. It's a common thing where you just unload everything. Yes. And for me, a lot, oftentimes I've been the fit, the therapist friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping people out and talking and it's so, I love it. I love helping people. I genuinely do. At the same time, there's only so much I can take before I'm like, ah, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, so, it'll, it's draining for you too. Like you got to make sure you're a headspace for it. So I think the first thing you should do is if you want to reach out to a friend, be like, Hey, I'm going through some things right now. Are you in a good place where I can talk to you about it? And of course, well, I don't think any friend will be like, no, you can't talk to me. It does give the other person the opportunity. Let's say something terrible happened in the situation that worlds collided. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it gives them the opportunity to say, oh, well, I'm driving right now. Can I talk to you in 30 minutes or whatever it is? Yeah. It's, that in itself already establishes a clear line of communication. Exactly. And from there, I mean, it's really up to you as long as, you know, if you're asking a friend, I think I'm going through this, I just wanted to get input or simply I just needed to get it out. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to feel as if you need to help me. It really is about your intention, I think, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it makes sense for sure. But I was almost asking more of like if you feel like one of your friends isn't doing well and you want to check up on them, how do you check up on them? I see. Um, If you want to check up on them, I'd say, I'd say same thing. Are you good to talk right now? Is there, you know, establish that clear line of communication. And from there, I think, hmm. I think, you know, you want to just start off with, hey, how are you doing? How are things? It it opens the door for them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Because, again, you have to remember, I am not a licensed. Oh, no. I was just, this is just kind of like a, you know, friend talk kind of thing. I just, like- I just wanted to put that out there. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess in my personal opinion. Just open the door. Say, hey, how are you? Um, and then that that gives them the opportunity to say whether or not they're going through something. And right. I don't know. In my opinion, it kind of becomes a slippery slope because you don't want to pressure that person into saying anything. Of course, of course. You don't want to bring attention to anything that could potentially embarrass them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it never hurts to check up on someone. So... I don't know. I It's hard to give, like, very specific advice on that because I personally feel like it's such a case-by-case scenario. Exactly. But, you know, I think if anything, just check up on them and say, well, you know, I'm always here if you ever need something. You know, right. it, gives them, it gives the person in question the opportunity to be like, okay, this is someone I can go to if I if I need to. Right. I think it's just so important to like build that like trust kind of a thing where it just you really do genuinely present yourself to like the people you are close with like hey I am here like and sometimes they may not be feeling well one day and they'll they'll like bring up like hey remember when you said like I could talk to you about something if I needed to and then you could be like yeah you know like you can like is everything okay and you know just kind of I guess being open to being a listener. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, for sure it does. Yeah, I know like some of the best things are just like when I get a text and it's just someone being like, hey, like just hoping, like just thinking of you, hoping you're having like a good day or something like that or like, you know, hoping you're doing okay. Or I like I grew up in like a Christian household and like in church and stuff. So like I'd even like people would be like, hey, like, you know, I've been praying for you. So like even if you're like spiritual or something like that, just like knowing that someone's thinking of you is like a comforting thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I will say, you know, there definitely are issues that, you know, people of your age group, they're not equipped to deal with. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. And it's in those scenarios where not to say this thing is worse than the other thing because everyone's experience is valid. Right. I will say there are certain scenarios where the best help is probably from a professional. Exactly. Rather than a friend. And again, that's where I think we have to call into the question of education. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. one thing to you know, be depressed and you talk to a friend about it and you're kind of just like, I don't feel good rather than something that's, I I guess I could say influenced by external factors. I don't want to get into like nitty gritty details. <laughs> she said, let me open up the textbook real yeah, quick. Like, I don't know. I guess a good example would be, it's one thing to be depressed just because that's how your brain is working right now. It's a chemical imbalance rather than depression that stems from a traumatic event. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I completely agree. Like people need to make sure they're reaching out to the professionals that know how to handle these things. Exactly. Because I mean, as a friend, you know, you can have the best intentions and sometimes it's still possible to make mistakes and maybe say something that has the effect that you didn't intend for it to have. And exactly. So it's all about just, I mean, really open communication, but also understanding where the boundaries lie. And I think one thing I wish I understood better when I was in middle school and high school was just like, Krissa, you cannot fix everything. You cannot fix people's problems and you're not responsible for fixing people's problems like I'm a huge empath is that the word like empathetic person and I think sometimes like that it's like it's a blessing and a curse because it's like yes I'm able to like empathize with people but also like feeling those feelings drives me crazy and just like now I feel like as I get older I finally realize like you know what you're not able to fix everything but you're able to refer people to checking out the help they need you know like maybe going to the school guidance counselor or going to an adult or at universities even though they're super booked up usually by like the first week of school making an appointment with the mental health center you know what I mean yeah I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said I mean I'm very much the same way I'm an empath I love helping people and there was a point when I was younger where I thought well, if I just work hard enough, I can fix them. I can fix oh, them. Oh, my goodness, yes. The best thing I ever did for myself was be a little selfish and say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to put myself before this because at the end of the day, the, only, the, the person you have at the end of the day is yourself. True. You're the one that takes care of yourself. This is You're true. You're the one 
you know, and I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds weird to say be selfish, but be selfish. Make sure you're putting yourself for like, make sure you're not draining yourself for the sake of other people. Exactly. I mean, that was a big part of, you know, my own issues with mental health, especially in high school. And the day I was kind of like, okay, it's not wrong of me to care about other people. But at the same time, I need to make sure I'm okay. Yes. Before I exert my energy in whatever the external situation may be, whether it's you know, a relationship or a friend, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you have to be there for yourself and you have to realize that you can offer support for someone. Mm-hmm. But you can't fix them. People don't need fixing. They need support. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Can you say it again? Say it again for the listeners, please. People don't need fixing. They just need support. Thank you, Queen. I mean, it's not an issue that needs to be, quote unquote, fixed because there's nothing wrong that doesn't make them bad or not normal. It just means they're going through something and they have... You know, whether it's due to chemical imbalance or external external factors, it's not their fault. Right. Exactly. Thank you so thank you so much. And thank you for like coming with me today on the show and talking about that. I know it's a weird or sometimes difficult thing to talk about, but thank you for bringing it to people's attention. I think that's super great. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate having a place where hopefully it can be more normalized to talk about this. And I think podcasts especially are a great way to go about it. Uh, Yes, exactly. Times like now. Um, Yeah. Thank you. I'm again, not a professional, just my (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like we need to add like a disclaimer, like, okay guys, like we are not professionals. We are just two gals talking about what goes on in our brains sometimes. So if you really do need help, Please go get professional help. See someone who actually knows about this. Talk mm-hmm. to an adult if you're a kid. Yeah. So please don't. Please just, yeah, don't quote us on anything, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. And while we're here, I do want to say if you're going through something right now, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline hotline is one 800 273 8255. I know in quarantine right now, it's hard to go to the doctor, see your therapist. And if you need help, that number is there. It is a hotline. You call. I believe they have text options. If you need help, that is a resource. And I guess while we're at that, we will also put links in the description to websites that you can reach out to that have professional help or you know answer those kind of questions so we'll gather those up for you so you can take a look if you need it and yeah I guess ending that on the piece of advice that I'd give the kindergarten students don't forget to be a star smile take Mm -hmm. a deep breath and relax so yeah guys have a great day and thank you Cindy for joining me thank you for having me That episode of the Indie Popsicle was recorded by me, Carissa Marquez, with intro and outro music by my friend Hayden Keltner. 
Sorry that things are a little rough right now, but with practice, the episodes will be more fine-tuned for you to listen to. You could find me on Instagram at the Indie Popsicle for questions, comments, or concerns. Thank you.